It's always a pleasure to be with you, to lead you in worship, uh, even though we're socially distanced at this time. And uh, it's always a pleasure to be able to cover for Pastor Tom so that he can have a well-deserved uh, uh, Sunday off as well. I've been asked to announce, uh, make two announcements for you. I'm going to read them so that I, I get them accurately and uh, hope that you'll pay attention and respond appropriately. This Wednesday is Ash Wednesday, the beginning of the season of Lent. A reminder that our worship that evening will be streamed on our online platforms at 7 p.m. <coughs> if you have not already picked up a supply kit with ashes and devotional, please contact the church office or a staff member to arrange pickup delivery. And the second announcement, with the threat of significant weather events this week, we are unsure <coughs> if or how staff office hours may be impacted. Please call ahead if you are planning to stop by the church office, and remember that staff members are always available by email and or personal cell phone. And so with those two announcements, I see no others uh, at the moment, so uh, let us then turn to the reason we have gathered here, even uh, virtually, and that is uh, for our time of worship together. So we ask you to turn to page two of the order of service as we uh, begin with the invocation and continue with the confession and assurance of God's love. We begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. <coughs> Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. To those who believe in Jesus Christ, he gives the power to become the children of God and bestows on them his Holy Spirit. May the Lord who has begun this good work in us bring it to completion in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for having brought us together, if only virtually, around your word and sacrament. We thank you for all that our Lord Jesus Christ has done for us, the work that he perfected on the cross on our behalf. We pray that as we spend time together here around your word and sacrament that we will find it a time of rest, a time when we will be blessed and that your name will be glorified. We ask it all in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We continue with the responsive psalm on page 4. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my groaning. Give attention to the sound of my cry, my King and my God. For to you do I pray. O Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. In the morning I prepare a sacrifice for you and watch. Boastful shall not stand before your eyes. You hate all evildoers. You destroy those who speak <clears throat> the Lord abhors the bloodthirsty and deceitful man. This is the word of the Lord. Our first lesson is from the book of Exodus, the 34th chapter, beginning at the 29th verse. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the testimony in his hand, and as he came down from the mountain, Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because he had been talking with God. Aaron and all the people of Israel saw Moses, and behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come near him. <clears throat> but Moses called to them, and Aaron and all the leaders of the congregation returned to him, and Moses talked with them. Afterward, all the people of Israel came near, and he commanded them all that the Lord had spoken with him in Mount Sinai. And when Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil over his face. Whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would remove the veil until he came out. And when he came out and told the people of Israel what he was commanded, people of Israel would see the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses' face was shining. And Moses would put the veil over his face again until he went in to speak with him. This is the word of the Lord. <coughs> and the Holy Gospel is written in the ninth chapter of St. Mark, beginning at the second verse. And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his clothes became radiant, intensely white, as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah and Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. 
for he did not know what to say, for they were terrified. And a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud, This is my beloved Son, listen to him. And suddenly, looking around, they no longer saw anyone with them but Jesus only. And as they were coming down the mountain, he charged them to tell no one what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. This is the Gospel of the Lord.
Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we heard in this morning's gospel how the cloud came over them on the Mount of Transfiguration and how your voice came from that cloud saying, This is my son. Listen to him. And so we ask you to send your Holy Spirit now to open our ears and our hearts and our minds that we might listen to your word, that we might hear the gospel and that we might be empowered by you not only to work in your kingdom with deeds of service but to rest and to find that eternal rest in the forgiveness of sins won by Christ himself. We pray all of this in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. <clears throat> have you ever noticed that life seems to have a certain rhythm to it? We can call it different things. We, we can say it's activity and inactivity, or it's uh, work and relaxation, beat, rest. We can say it in different ways, but it's really the same rhythm. It, it's the rhythm of life. We can see it all around us. Uh, the rotation of the earth every day creates for us two things. A time of light for work and activity and, and the time of darkness for sleep and relaxation. It's the rhythm of life. We can see it in the revolving of the planets around the sun, which we say creates four seasons for us, which is true, but actually two of those seasons are primary and two of them are secondary, as, you s as we might say. The primary seasons of summer when everything is in full bloom and activity is going on, and, and then there's the season of winter when things seem to slow way down. Things hibernate and go dormant. And then the other two seasons, of course, are transitions between those two. So there it is again, the rhythm of life. We see it in the arts, music, as we just heard. Beautiful music with a configuration of all sorts of sounds, but following a certain pattern. Beat rest, beat, rest, beat, rest, the rhythm of life. Even the visual arts, we can see in a sense uh, this pattern going on. You've got the interaction of all these different colors and, uh, against the backdrop of blackness, the absence of color. It's the rhythm of life. It's all around us. We, we can see it everywhere. And wh what's interesting for me is, is to notice that uh, not only does God create the rhythm of life for us, but he really operates within it himself. Take God the Father, for example, in creation. We turn to uh, uh, Genesis chapter 1. And it tells us that God created the earth in six days. And then as we read on, we notice that God actually took a time of rest every single day. Day one, he creates light. And then we are told, quote, the evening, there was evening and morning 
the first day. A, the second day he creates, and then we're told there was evening and morning the second day. On and on for six days, we're told that God created and rested, and then on the sixth day, or on the seventh day, we're told that God rested. There it is. God himself operating by the rhythm of life. Work, rest, work, rest, and on and on it goes. The Lord Jesus himself operated by the uh, rhythm of life. Maybe you remember last Sunday's gospel. Jesus had, it was in Mark chapter 1, Jesus had uh, uh, healed Peter's mother-in-law. And then we're told the next morning he got up early, he went out to a quiet place to pray. Not to preach, not to heal, not to work, but to spend quiet time with his heavenly Father. The disciples then came to him and, and said, Jesus, all the people are looking for you. In other words, time to get back to work, Jesus. And Jesus says, yeah, but we're going to move on now to some other places because that's really the reason why I came. So we saw it in last Sunday's gospel, and then we see it again in today's gospel. The gospel we call the transfiguration of our Lord. You see, Jesus had been doing his work of preaching and healing, uh, but on this day he decided to take three of his closest disciples on a mountain retreat. He went up on top of this mountain, and we're told that uh, he did no preaching or healing there. Instead, he engaged in this conversation with what appeared to be Moses and Elijah. And then his garments began to radiate with glory and light. Disciples, and, and then a cloud came over them. And the voice from the cloud, which represented, of course, the presence of God, and that voice then said, this is my son, listen to him. Disciples were frightened. They didn't know what to say, so, so Peter said, well, let, let's build some booths here. You see, in those days in biblical times, whenever there was a significant experience with God, they would, they would create a shrine of some kind, an altar or something. And, and so Peter says that, well, Jesus uh, doesn't really uh, uh, answer him. He just says, come on, let's go. And then they left the mountain of transfiguration. Now here again is an example of Jesus not working, but resting, communicating with God, listening, talking, understanding the ways of God for him and his work and his ministry. We know that this has to do with worship because uh, uh, the lesson actually begins after six days. And that's code in the scripture for after six days, meaning the seventh day, when God rested. It points us not only back to the uh, uh, sixth, seventh day of creation, but it points us to the second or the third commandment, which is found in Exodus chapter 20. It's one of the shortest commandments. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. 
but it takes uh, several verses for it to be explained to us. Why? Because Exodus tells us that the reason we remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy is because God rested on the seventh day. Worship is a time of rest for us from the work of providing service to other people. So Jesus practiced the, uh, the rhythm of life, and, and so does the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit relates to us as Christians, he, he does so with a work-rest kind of a pattern. First, he works at, at speaking to us through the, the word and creating faith in our hearts. And, and he um, uh, then motivates us through the gospel and the word to want to share that love with other people. But then he rests. He steps back and he says, all right, I've given you the gift of faith. I've given you the call to service. Now go. In the freedom of the gospel, live your life. And then we do. Uh, sometimes we get it right, and, and sometimes we do provide service that glorifies God, but more often than not, I think you'd admit that we find ourselves um, kind of falling short of the mark. We either uh, fail to serve altogether, or we maybe do it for the wrong reason, like for something we'll get out of it, or, or because we feel guilty if we don't. So then the Holy Spirit comes back and gets to work again, calling us together as he has today, virtually though it may be, around the word and the sacrament so that we can find that rest. So we can find that what Jesus Christ did on the cross was for us, that we might have the forgiveness of sins, that, that we might be able to, to sit back and enjoy what God has done for us to take on the work that we could never do for ourselves and give it to Jesus Christ who did it all for us. And so there it is. For us Christians, the rhythm of life is work, rest, service, and worship. So let's take a look at worship so that we can understand it in the terms of or first service uh, so that we can understand it as, as God does. It is our work as Christians to serve one another in the name of Jesus. You see, when we think of our service, we need to understand that it is really service we are doing for our neighbor, not for God. Sometimes you think, well, I'm doing this for God. No, 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 we're doing it for our neighbor. Martin Luther put it this way. He said, uh, God doesn't need our good works, but our neighbor does. God doesn't need our good works. It's our neighbor who does. And so we're called to serve our neighbor, to serve for our neighbor because of God. 1 John chapter 4 puts it this way. We love because God first loved us. We love 
because God first loved us. Y you see, service for a Christian is work, but it's not a job that earns us something from God. I it's a, it's a vocation. It it's a calling that we are able to give away to others what God has already given to us. And, and this really helps us understand uh, what how rest uh, how worship is a rest for us as well. We talk about our worship as worship services, and surely they are, but the question is who's doing the service? Are we serving God or, or is God serving us? Again, if we remember Luther's quotation there that uh, God doesn't need our good works, it's clearly God who is serving us in worship. It's our time of rest. It's God who's doing the work. You say, yes, but don't we do things in worship? Don't we praise God? Don't we pray? Don't we partake in the sacrament? Yes, of course we do. But those are acts of rest. Uh, much like uh, reading an inspiring book and you're turning the pages. Well, that's not work. That's just a way of enjoying the rest. Or on a hot Texas day in the month of July or August where you take a drink of water or, or jump in a pool. That's not work. That's a way of enjoying relaxation and rest. A and I almost didn't use that metaphor today because I thought, why are we talking about hot weather today? But it is uh, a, a point I think you get, and that is there are things we do which facilitate our rest. And clearly worship is that. Where we come to enjoy the forgiveness won for us by the work of Christ on the cross. Not because of anything that we have done for God. So then I have a question. The question is how are you doing with your rhythm of life? Is it in balance or perhaps significantly out of balance? Perhaps some of you are feeling burned out or overworked or stressed. Maybe it's that you misunderstand the purpose of your work, that it's service, not something you have to do. Or maybe you're giving so much time to serving other people that you really don't appreciate what God is giving you in your time of rest during worship. Some of us may be bored finding there's not a whole lot of meaning to life. Well, you maybe need to think about increasing your service to other people and finding all sorts of interesting things that God does in our lives when we serve other people. Or maybe you need to change your attitude about worship from it's just a ritual we go through every Sunday to it's an opportunity to truly experience the presence of God and the gift of forgiveness that he gives us in Christ. Some of you may be feeling the burden of guilt it seems like uh, every time you try to serve, it kind of blows up in your face, so to speak, and it just doesn't work. 
maybe you need to realize again that God never calls us to do anything except to share what he's already given us. To use the time and the talents we have to share with others and, and not to feel guilty that we're not doing more than that. And maybe we need to focus again on that time of rest in worship. Realizing that the real value of worship, the real restfulness comes from the means of grace, the, the word and the sacrament, not from all of the other pageantry that we think makes worship so interesting to us. You see, it's a time of rest, this thing we call worship. It's the rest we so desperately need to balance all of that work of service that God calls us to do during the week. Today's a perfect time then for each of us to reevaluate our lives. Uh, how much are they, how much are our lives in sync with the rhythm of life? Uh, I pray that you will do that today. And, and as you do, I want you to remember this. The same Jesus who calls you to take up your cross and follow me with that strong challenge of service is the same Jesus who says, Come to me, you who labor and are heavily burdened, and I will give you rest. The rest he gives you through the means of grace when you eat and drink and when you hear the good news that your sins are forgiven because of Christ. Ora et labora. That's a famous saying that is, uh, uh, has been used for centuries. It actually goes back to St. Benedict a, uh, uh, in the 6th century A.D. St. Benedict was the author of the rule of St. Benedict and the founder of the Benedictine order of the Roman Catholic Church. Is, is uh, called, as I say, a saint of the Roman Catholic Church. Or et labora means pray and work. For 14 centuries, those three words have, have inspired Christians to balance their lives between the works of service and the rest of worship. It's as relevant for 21st century urban dwelling Americans as, as it was for 6th century reclusive monks. In fact, it's timeless because it really does bring us into the sink with the rhythm of life that God has created, not just for us, but so that he too would be able to relate to us in such a relevant way. Because of Christ, your life too can be transfigured today as you work and rest, serve and worship. And as your life is transfigured again and brought into perfect sync, you'll find that you never again miss a single beat 
or for that matter, a single rest. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for, for sharing your word with us, your gospel, the good news of, of the work that Jesus Christ did on our behalf. May you have this be a time of rest for us, a time when our sins are, are forgiven, a, a time when, when the guilt is lifted, a time when we realize your love coming to us, preparing us, equipping us for the service that will continue as we leave here again today. So we thank you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and praise you for all that you continue to do for us and in us and through us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We now continue with our worship with the creed. <coughs> Having heard again the gospel, we're prepared to, to confess our faith, faith in the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Today we're going to be using the Apostles' Creed, and the text is found on page 6 of your order of service. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. As we continue with the prayer of the church, we do so as uh, uh, in peace, praying to the Lord, Lord, have mercy for the baptized, that we would heed our Heavenly Father's admonition to listen to his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, as he speaks to us through his word and sacraments, and that we would, by grace through faith, behold him in his glory as he continues to dwell among us with his forgiving love. Let us pray to the Lord. For parents in every Christian home, that they would pass on their faith to their children by word and deed. Let us pray to the Lord. For all those who have been placed in authority over us, that they would serve with integrity and honor, having the welfare of all in mind, and for our country that division, conflict, and strife would give way to unity, peace, and quietness. Let us pray to the Lord. For the Lord's flock here at Holy Cross Lutheran Church, that we would be granted faithfulness, humility, and patience in our various vocations, striving to love God and neighbor in all that we say and do. Let us pray to the Lord. <coughs> For all those who are sick, hospitalized, recovering, enduring, ongoing treatment, or suffering in any way, especially those on our hearts and minds at this time, 
that they would know your peace and receive healing and relief according to your gracious will. And for those who mourn, especially, again, those on our hearts and minds, that they would be comforted by the sure and certain hope of the resurrection, let us pray to the Lord. For those who come to the holy altar this day to the holy communion of Christ's true body and blood, that receiving the forgiveness of sins, they would be strengthened in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Let us pray to the Lord. All this we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, through him, with him, and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And so we continue now with the service of the sacrament of the altar. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. again the words of our Lord as he instituted this special sacrament for us. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night in which he was betrayed, took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to them, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, All of you drink of it. This cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always.
Take and eat the body of Christ given for you. Take and drink the blood of Christ shed for you. Your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you in the true faith to life everlasting. Go in peace. Amen. You beginning one with God and all the Lord most high hidden glory in creation now revealed in you are Christ what a beautiful name it is what a beautiful name it is the name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. You didn't want heaven without us. So Jesus.
Let us pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you for having brought us again to this Mount of Transfiguration where we have found rest in the forgiveness of sins which you worked out for us on the cross. We pray, Lord, now as we leave this mount and return to the valley of service that, that you would go with us, that you would bless all that we do this week, that you will use us to bless others as well. And finally, Lord, we pray that you will bring us back again this Wednesday and, and next Sunday that we might continue to enjoy and to celebrate that rhythm of life that you have created for us, for our good, and that we might use it to benefit one another and to bless you and to give glory to your name. We pray all of it in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit bless you and keep you now and forevermore. Amen.